0: Buenos días. Bienvenidos. Bienvenidos. Uh, me llamo Rory y mi esposa AJ.
1: Nosotros hablamos poquito español.
0: Yeah, see, we we're going to talk about, <laughs> we're breaking down. The... Welcome to the recap edition of our good friend and client Alberto Sardinas. And we thought it was AJ's idea to start in Spanish, and that was that's basically <laughs> all the Spanish it was we know. in
1: Spanish or murdering the Spanish language, you know. It was
0: definitely sharing every bit of Spanish we know in a little, thirty seconds. A little Spanglish. Actually, little known fact: AJ was a Spanish minor in college, that's true. I and she in uh, Mexico studied abroad in Mexico, and I know a little Spanish <laughs> here and there. So
1: he looks like he should know more. I look he like doesn't. I should
0: know more. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't, but. <laughs> Fantastic. You know, I've I've never personally, and I was, you know, I don't know, I was a little bit embarrassed to say this or not, but I was like, wow, I've never interviewed someone who was such a celebrity from such like a from a different language, like a non English speaking. Celebrity, And yeah. I think Alberto was really like my first interview that, that qualified at that. And I thought that was interesting. So.
1: Yeah, I told Rory, even as I was listening to the interview, I said, my favorite thing about Alberto is, I think part of it is the culture of the passion and enthusiasm and the charisma that he communicates with. And I think part of that is just cultural, which, you know, boring old white people over here don't have. But I just love, <laughs> I love the enthusiasm. And it's, it's easy to see why he has a cult-like, Following because he is Mm. very endearing and charismatic and passionate and just uh, even the way he communicates and his his facial expressions and his body language and his vocal quadrants it it is very engaging it's really awesome
0: endearing yeah that's Mm -hmm. a really good a good word for it and I guess that's a big takeaway from you for in terms of being a great host is just to be all of those things
1: well yeah it's like we listen to a lot of these and we do a lot of interviews and sometimes the content is amazing. But the person is so monotonous in their delivery of such Mm. amazing content. And not just in our interviews, but, you know, we've been in this industry for a long time and I have seen a handful of speakers and it's amazing how it's like you can read someone's book and just be enthralled in the content and be like, Oh my gosh, these are revolutionary ideas. And then you travel and spend all this money to go see this person live to see what kind of new and unique insights are going to give us. And then you're like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Is this the same person who wrote the book? This is not good. This is not good. And so much of it has to do with the delivery. Mm -hmm. It's not just the content that matters. It's a, can you draw someone in? Can you keep my attention? And I will say, I am unfortunately a multitasker. It's not something I'm proud of, but it's really hard to keep my attention. And a lot of it has to do with just the personality per se, and it doesn't have to be your own given personality, but it's the way you expose your personality, right? We all have a personality and you don't all need to be, you know, all over the place, right? Spirit fingers, that's not what we're saying. But there is some uniqueness around like, what is it that makes you uniquely you? And are you putting that across In when you deliver of like your the message? In energy
0: that you're, that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I related to that. One of the things that he said, which mm-hmm. I don't think you can hear enough is you have to be willing to promote your message. Mm-hmm. So his enthusiasm for his message, you hear as he is talking about it But the other thing that you probably need to hear today is that you can't ever grow weary in promotion. Mm. And you have to constantly be out there promoting loud and far and wide if you're going to compete. And I struggle with this. Like, I always feel like I'm pandering. I feel cheesy. Like I hate doing the thing, you know, people see this all the time on Instagram, like, <laughs> like you know, leave me a comment or something like that. Like oh, I yeah. just really struggle with doing that for some reason, but it's not about you. It's about your message and it's about the people you're helping and you need to promote. You need to be willing to do that. And and Alberto has has done a great job of it, particularly in his Spanish market. And now it's fascinating to see similar to us, he's like going through this, reinvention in the English speaking market. So
1: it's fun to see that. Yeah, I think too, as you guys should go and listen to the interview, there's something that's unique, but also not unique about every single one of these interviews that we've had is the amount of patience and consistency and longevity in which these people have been doing and honing their skills in which it looks like, oh my gosh, how did you get all this? Well, it's because it's been doing it a long time. Right. And for Alberto though, he's been doing it since he was 17. Like he was going out and trying to get time in the local radio stations when he was going from high school to college and did it all through college and then actually majored in this and then went and got his master's in this and broadcasting. And it's like, this didn't happen overnight. And these aren't, like, sometimes I think it's really easy to look online and be like, oh, well, I wonder what their secret is. Mm-hmm. I wonder what their key is. I, you know, I wonder what this, you know, how can I do time. this as quick as possible?
0: Time is the secret. Yeah,
1: and No, the real secret is there is no secret. It is a lot of hard work for a really long time.
0: Yeah. You know, I I heard Dave Ramsey talk about one time, he was speaking at a conference, it wasn't one of his events, and and he was talking about the radio business specifically. It's an interesting parallel because in English-speaking radio, there are basically three people at the top. It's Rush Limbaugh, it's Glenn Beck, and it's Dave Ramsey, and it has been that for years and years and years. And he was talking about how if you just stick around, Hmm. you're going to beat like 80% of the people, right? So, when you think about your personal brand and you go, oh my gosh, there's so much noise, there's so much competition, like how am I ever going to stand out? Well, beating 80% of those people is just sticking around and I don't even think it's sticking around that long. It's like making it two or three years, you're going to outlast so many of those people. And then he said, if you actually work hard and you work smart then the other 17% of those people you'll beat just by investing in yourself and getting some coaching and doing some strategy and being intelligent and working hard, like when you're doing it, not getting distracted. And then, you know, so that puts you ahead of 97% of people. Mm -hmm. And then he said, it's that last 3%. That is the dogfight, like being in the top of the top of the top is where, you know, it really takes creativity and magic and hustle and relationships and everything else. But 97% of this game is basically just sticking it out. And you're right, almost every guest that we have talks about that, which in some ways is like, gosh, it'd be interesting to hear something different, right? At least
1: it's consistent. But
0: it's because it's the truth. And it's what you need to hear and it's what we need to hear every single day because you're battling the burnout of, you know, building your brand. It's just reality.
1: Yeah, I think one of my favorite things that Alberto talked about was at the very, very end, and I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy all of the lovely plugs he gave to Brand Builder's Group. Yeah,
0: that was so great.
1: Not solicited, but we will take them. Thank you very much. But I think what I really loved is he said, like, where are you getting shortcuts? He said, that doesn't mean that you're not going to have to work hard and it's not going to take a long time. It's just, where are you getting a shortcut? Mm -hmm right? This is like that last
0: to get. Said, who ahead. are
1: you learning from? Like where can you go to figure out this one little tweak here and this one little tweak there that will help expedite the process, not that it's going to eliminate the process, but it may give you a little bit of bump ahead of the competition or a bump ahead of the time curve, whatever it may be, but where are you getting your shortcuts? So who are you learning from? And I love that. Yeah, I thought that was really good.
0: Yeah, and because when you get into that top of the top, right, like when you talk about the one percenters of the industry or the space, it does come down to experience and wisdom and, you know, a few tricks of the trade you learn along the way. I think about speaking because, you know, I spent my whole life and it's like, there's certain little things that we just know because we've been in it our entire career where it's like, there's no way you could know it. It's just, it takes 20 years of just doing yeah. it, but you can teach somebody in five minutes, but otherwise you would never, never stumble across it. And, and that was another thing that he said, this was my third big takeaway, was just about being prepared. And when you look at being a great host, he said that directly a couple of times, like a lot of it is about being prepared. Even spontaneity is mm. is all perception. It's not really spontaneous. It's It's about great preparation, but not only just as a host, but in his career, right? Where he was telling his story yeah. about how you just have to work day in and day out. And I think people confuse patience a lot. I don't think patience is sitting by and waiting. I think patience is working your tail off and being okay with the result not being there and you know continuing to work, continuing to grow, continuing to strive. The patience doesn't mean you're sitting around waiting, it means that you're working your tail off in the absence of the results showing up with the perspective knowing that if I do this long enough, one day I will get my shot, one day I will get my break, one day I will meet a person who can crack open my career. And that is the balance of patience and action. In fact, we talk about that in the procrastinate on purpose book Mm -hmm. about this balance between patience and action. And it's because on the surface, they seem like different things, but really they're not. It's really about action. You're just working, working, working. The patience is being patient for the results, being patient for the big break to come. And that's just what it takes. You got to yeah. have both.
1: Not everyone has patience, Rory. <laughs> my Coming
0: from my, my wife.
1: But I do believe in the concept of work while you wait. Yeah. Right? I believe in the concept very strongly of work while you wait. That's just a part of it. My third one, my last one, and it's kind of similar to what you said, but this was towards the tail end of the interview. And we asked him, well, how do you handle people who come on the air and their stories really aren't unfolding the way they need to be or their message is a little bit confusing. And how do you guide those people in the right direction? And I loved what he said. He goes, you never put someone on the air when you don't know what they're going to say. He said, it's really nice that from the outside, it looks like this is a very seamless process and people call in and then they just come on the air. He goes, that is not what happens. And I said, and it shouldn't be what you do. If you don't know what they're going to say, if you don't know who you're interviewing, don't put them on the air. That goes, I think, to a podcast or a radio host or in so many things in life. It's like, if you don't know what they're going to say, shame on you. That means you haven't done your due diligence. You haven't done your research. You haven't got to know your guest well enough to anticipate the unique curveballs that may look spontaneous, mm-hmm. but really aren't so much at all because you knew they were coming. He said, if you don't know what they're going to say, you don't put them on the air. That's your job as the host. I was like, you've got to know how the story's going to unfold. And I, I liken it a lot to being a, an investigative journalist, right? It's like, you've got to do all of your due diligence beforehand, before you go live on the air, because if you get surprised on the air, then you have not done your job. So you've got to know what's happening beforehand before it actually comes onto the air. We've been actually watching the morning show. It's,
0: oh my gosh. It's so great. It's so good. Unbelievable. It's such a so great, good. great it's just TV such a Apple. unique and needed TV. message
1: right now, but I think, I get. You learn a lot from just like the little bits of, you know, things you're learning on the show, even in the midst of the larger message at hand, all those little things about the amount of work and preparation that has to go in place for one single interview.
0: To produce media.
1: Mm -hmm. And I thought that was very similar to what he was saying is like, yeah, you just don't put people on the air when you don't know what they're going to say. That's your job.
0: Yeah, and that's your job as a host is looking out for your audience, looking out for their best interest. It's one of the the things that I love about hosts. It's a great skill and it's a great mindset to say, hey, I'm gonna be a fiduciary or a steward for mm-hmm. my audience. That's what we hope that we are doing for you. We're honored that you're listening. Stay tuned. And that's all we have for this episode of the influential personal brand.
1: Hasta luego.
0: Adios. <laughs>